The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Poor old Liz Truss, she is in Barney Rubble. Well, she was until about half one this afternoon when she resigned as Prime Minister. And we were there because I'm broadcasting live from London. We're in studios here in Soho, right in the centre of the city. And we were outside Downing Street. We watched her give that speech. We got some reaction. We're going to hear more of the reaction from the great British public uh, to her resignation. And we'll get some thoughts predictions as to who might uh, take over. I know a lot of people talking about Boris Johnson this afternoon. Rishi Sunak, though, still officially the bookies' favourite as we speak. Anyway, all that and more coming up between now and 7 o'clock. 53106, as always, the text number if you want to get in touch with me, though. Here in studio, I'm delighted to say, is Alison Spittle, comedian, writer, actor, podcaster. Oh, yeah. Many, many hats, Alison. you got to have many hats because there's not much money in all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Is there one hat, though, that you wear more than the rest? Probably podcasting. Oh, stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is like originally, well, originally, originally, when I was a young one, I went to college and studied radio and then I came up I worked for News Talk for a little while that's right while. I do remember and, uh, and then uh, I was doing stand-up comedy and I realised I'd probably I'd probably do better doing uh, comedy so I kept doing that and then lovely podcasts came along and was along. that a reflection of the lucrative business of stand-up comedy or just how poorly News Talk were paying you <laughs> Oh, you, you know, you my know the answer. We did, yeah. Well, like <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it was a bit, of, a bit of both, a bit of both, a bit of both. And um, yeah, I uh, I started doing stand up comedy, and then podcasting came along, and I had a podcast called the Alison Spittle Show. Then I moved over here, and I've got a new podcast called The Wheel of Misfortune with the BBC, and it's very strange um, because the BBC turned a hundred this week, mm. and I was there recording a podcast in a direct. Director General was there, and meanwhile, I was doing a podcast about pineapple juice. Uh, so you know it felt very strange yeah I'm sure it probably felt strange for him he thought well, what what a great legacy we have left. I wonder what's being recorded in here yeah you tuned in exactly oh my, exactly my i i we've we've already the podcast has already had headlines from the Daily Mail, which Brilliant. I feel. Yeah, I'm delighted. I'm delighted. It says lewd podcast with licensed payers money and I'm like, yes. Oh, really? That's great. Isn't it? Genuinely, it yeah, is. Yeah, it is great. It's better to be talked about than not talked about. I know, and it is pretty lewd. So, but like, <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, the podcast is a bit like Liveline, as in you get people talking, uh, sending in voice notes, but it's about rude stuff. So it'll be about embarrassing stuff that I couldn't say on this show. All oh, right, okay, yes. We might have little ears listening, so we'll have to be exactly. conscious of it. But just think of it, adults. What what can you think of that would be terribly embarrassing? It's probably being on the show. Oh, very good. Um, so you've got uh, on the comedy front, you do have a show coming up. I do. It's called Wet, right? And uh, it's a show originally, I was writing it about aqua aerobics. It was on in Edinburgh uh, Comedy Festival and it sold out and it was one of the best uh, reviewed comedy shows of right. Edinburgh Fringe, so I was delighted. And I'm only saying that because I know it's very un-Irish to say that. But uh, before when I've been to Edinburgh, there have been terrible shows, to be honest with you, like fair to Midland. And I thought... I Your thought, own shows? Yeah, yeah. If I look back at it, because I came over from Ireland and I had a totally different attitude of uh, how to make an hour-long stand-up show. And this time, because I live in the UK and because I saw all of my peers 
really make an effort and uh, kind of get directors in and they get PR and they spend a lot of money on it and they spend a lot of time on it. So I decided I would spend a lot of money and spend a lot of time on it as well. And it actually works. It's a better show than if I have done And, and I understand I the PR it. and all that kind of promoting mm. it and helping it that way. But uh, explain to me a bit more about how the show itself is is different. I mean, like what what makes a good show? What misconceptions had you when you came over about what constituted a good hour of stand-up? I thought a good hour of stand-up was just putting together an hour of stand-up. And because I had to preview this many, many times, you start to think, oh, why are you doing this show like this time? And then you realise what you're actually talking about. So the show, it was originally going to be about aquaerobics because I saw a fight at aquaerobics and I thought, that'll be funny now. That'll be an hour worth of comedy on that. But then I realised there was other things at the back of my mind and I have this whole bit now about contraception and Irish women's relationship with it um, because I got the coil inserted and there was an absolute comedy of errors with that. Uh, that I won't go into because evening drive time uh, radio. Exactly. But you can hear about it in the show. Uh, yeah. So that I've I've I I'm really proud of it. Great. Uh, and I, I don't know. It feels very un-Irish. It feels I actually can feel my passport just shriveling away in my pocket. Now. Tell me, is that is that a consequence now of having lived here for a few years that you feel comfortable to say that to toot your own horn? Oh well, they have. I mean, they're they're similar. Uh, let let me take you this now. Uh, it's like. Uh, I can't believe it's not guilt over here. And in <laughs> Ireland, you got pure guilt. Like the butter and the guilt is better in Ireland, you know. And uh, <laughs> over here... But they have a bit of it here, do they? Oh, they do, they do, they do. They they do have a bit of it. And uh, uh, but they should have a bit more. I mean, looking at the politics today, there should have been a bit more guilt. Oh, you yeah, know? you think that, that they, they, have, they have things they should be guilty for all over the world. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like hearing about that, though, I can tell you. When I live here, I realise they're like, no, 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 they don't want to hear about it. And were there things that you kind of would inadvertently stray into when you moved over? Topics? All the time. Oh, yeah? All the time. Yeah, like, what? my dad's English. And um, so I've always felt like I've had this, like, mini battle. My dad is so English that even I feel colonised by him. Like, that's how <laughs> English my dad is. So I was I was prepared uh, for, for life in Britain. It's not, it's just like um, uh, British people, they're not really educated on, on, on a, like, they don't know anything about the famine or about the troubles or, you know, anything. And, and like, a lot of people don't. I, I do think. it does, And I don't think that's a, a bad thing to say mm. about Britain. It's just not in their education but, system. Uh, yeah, I'd wager they don't know anything, though, about their history in large parts of the world. India. It's not just Ireland. There's, but there's been, there's been famines in India and there was a similar kind of situation there. So, yeah. like, yeah, it's, it is like... Uh, well, I think they should know a bit. Like, we're very close Maybe neighbors. there's a reason they don't want to know. Maybe know. they think, like, well, we had famines there and... Well, we had famines there and we had that Mau Mau massacre as well and kind I of know. East Africa. You know what? Maybe we should just concentrate on ourselves. Do you know what? And we'll talk about Henry VIII's wives again. Exactly, because it's a bit Cause like a, a bit Kardashian drama, yes, isn't it? Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. And also, like, I, I do remember when I was in secondary school, um, I met a girl that I hadn't seen for about eight years after secondary school and I was like, hey, how are you getting on? She was like, you were very mean to me in <gasps> secondary school. And I honestly couldn't remember it. So I felt like England at that point. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry about that. I'll buy you a drink. You know, I can't remember what happened, but I'm sure it was bad. You know? <laughs> 
Why would you lie? Here, I'll get you a West Coast cooler. <laughs> all is forgiven. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's all England has to do. On a national level, just buy us a couple of West Coast coolers. I think so. That's yeah, like that. exactly. but I think they should have put that in a Good Friday agreement. Yeah, exactly. A few well, West Coast we're coolers. We're all just luscious, basically. At yeah. the end of the day, a few West Coast coolers will see us uh, and make us happy. Um, so when did you move over here? Moved over before the lockdown. Just before? Um, Like the October before okay. the lockdown. So I had I had the lovely winter and then I had the lockdown. Yeah. Um, that lovely London winter people talk about. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's weird. Like I was told, don't move in the summer because you'll have notions about the place that is not realistic. Move in the winter and look forward to the summer. Mm. So I did that and uh, then the lockdown happened. And uh, it was because it, Ireland at first was... Uh, I was on Twitter a lot when the lockdown was happening. I felt Ireland was very sensible. And it was very strange living in Britain and seeing uh, Ireland be sensible about the lockdowns and about COVID. And I'm living in Boris land where everyone's just coughing into each other's mouths <laughs> and saying, God save the Queen. You know, it's the. I, well, <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but. You know, but not by much. Like that. No, not by much. No, not by much. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of became culture war here a little bit, didn't it? I did. It did. I, and I live, I live very near Camden, and there was a lot of protests in Camden. Uh, it was, it was very strange. Um, but I kind of, what did I enjoy about it? Well, I, I live, I live in Camden, and there was no sick on the floor during lockdown because well, there was no pubs nice open. Thing. And then the first bit of sick I saw on the floor is like, oh, nature is healing. <laughs> you know, COVID is COVID is leaving. <laughs> you know? We were actually up in Camden earlier today. We were at the London Irish Centre. Uh, yes. Doing huge work up there. Yeah, they're great. That's a great centre, and uh, it, it really made me feel like uh, at home and. Um, any Irish comedians that have moved over now um, because the the culture here is kind of you won't see each other unless it, uh, you won't see each other for about two weeks because you get so busy or if you're if you're below the river or above, above the river you'll never meet each other oh so, really yeah 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 cause and it's, it's just a nature it's just it's such a big city and you're so busy working is it yeah that's the way yeah that is the way it's very strange like, and have I, you got an Irish comedy clique then over here who you hang around with yeah, there's well, we're doing a Peter Flanagan. Uh, he's an Irish comedian. He writes for the I think Irish Times or Irish Independent. What are those? And he um, he uh, he organises Irish comedy nights. Uh, mm. And he's had me. He's having me on actually. So I'm very excited to do that. And it's that backyard comedy club. I think. I think. Look, if I can't name the paper, I'm not going to be able to name the comedy <laughs> club either. Google him, and you'll be grand. Uh, yeah. So there is a bit of a click, and uh, but it's a nice click, like. Um, uh, Grace Mulvey has moved over and we went swimming together and she's absolutely flying and uh, there is this kind of like scary thing um, because in Ireland it's a small pond and it's a lovely friendly beautiful place to be in and this is a bit more harsh and unforgiving so you kind of do have to pal around with people and go mm. keep going and if they don't reply to your emails wait a few months it's very it is very hard going yeah. and is there still a sense for comedians or performers say like yourself in Ireland that you, you have to kind of go to the UK to reach kind of that was the next level it's, 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 it is kind of a well-worn journey isn't it I think so I now, think not everyone does it but the people who don't they're kind of the exceptions to the rule yeah yeah they're like special um, <laughs> I think like uh, I'm not so I had to move over <laughs> um, I, I, I figure the way it is here 
is the rent was as dear in London as it was in Dublin at the time. So I was like, well, I might as well go and I'll have more opportunities, hopefully, to make a bit of money and stuff. So I sound like such a little hustler, don't I? But I was also artistic endeavours as well. Oh, but yeah, mostly true, true. money. Yeah. Like mostly, <laughs> mostly money. I want a mortgage one day, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so you mentioned lockdown because a lot of people as well, I think, who are listening to us now would have been watching the movies and things along with you oh, in lockdown. Yeah. I mean, that was great. For people who don't know what I'm talking about, explain it. It's called Co-Video Party and it was an idea I came up with uh, the Friday that Ireland locked down and Britain were like, ah, sure, what's COVID? And uh, <laughs> I realised, you know, that I'd never be able to, well, I was feeling a bit morose and I was going to miss going to the cinema and chatting to my friends about the, the, the film after. And I thought, well, if we as a group watch a film on, on Netflix and then tweet about it to each other, it'll be that same experience. And then for some reason I decided, well, I'll dress up as a character from that film as well. So Matilda came up and uh, Miss Trunchbull, who I've realised is my style icon now. Miss Trunchbull? Yeah, I know. She's, she was bad now for the child abuse, but very good for the fashion, uh, I have to was say. Was she really? What, I can't say, I can't say I've watched it and thought, my, there's this stylish looking woman now, Miss I Trunchbull. thought you were good. I, really? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, look, I'll show you a picture of me as her. You'll, you'll you thought I was going to play down her child abuse? Yeah, and I was like, she pulled the child by the pigtails. <laughs> like, you can't do that. <laughs> um, but, um, oh, that's PC gone mad. I know. That's you Addison. can't even hold a child by the pigtails anymore. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I found her very fun and who else did I dress up as uh, the fella out of Jumanji I made a beard out of my own hair and I cut apart a house plant and made uh, made an outfit so it was good cracker we kept it on for about a year and a bit and um, it was actually how I made money as well because people were very nice and did uh, set up like a, a coffee account and people could pay me that way and that kind of replaced me doing stand up mm. comedy because my whole um, I was supposed to play Liberty Hall before the lockdown with a different show and my whole uh, you know my whole way of making money had gone so it was a bit scary as well but uh, I think like Covid party for me anyway I love doing it and it was a lovely community vibe <laughs> Well you are playing Liberty Hall again you mm. played it on Saturday the 5th of November Big Guy Fawkes celebration I made that gag now to Patrick Keelty I can't really claim it it's original Go on again uh, Go on again The Big Guy Fawkes celebration <laughs> Wet is on in Liberty Hall Dublin Saturday the 5th of November uh, and you can find uh, information on tickets ticketmaster.ie they're on sale Alison it's been an absolute pleasure oh it's been lovely it's yeah. been, it was such an air conditioned room as well yeah I mean I know. I know. it's quite <laughs> close out there isn't it it is it is it is I know the, you, the listeners don't appreciate it but incredible temperature we've yeah. got going on here <laughs> well we try our best we try our best <laughs> Alison Spittle writer, actor, comedian and podcaster thanks a million for joining us The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.